The views expressed on this Turnbuckle Tabloid live stream or Turnbuckle Tabloid podcast episode do not reflect the views, thoughts, or opinions of the RageWorks brand, including the RageWorks podcast network, RageWorks content partners, advertisers, and affiliates. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hey, Baba. It's Harris Sheik, the Sheiky baby, WWF champion. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. And if you're not listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid, Baba, you are a jabroni. And I'll fuck you in the ass like Brussel and a Hulk Hogan. Chicky Baby listens to Turnbuckle Tabloid, Baba. And you should listen to what Chicky listens to. Turnbuckle Tabloid. What's going on, everybody? Tony G here, better known to the world as Josie's Boy, aka your girl's favorite artist. And today I'm here to tell you about my company, Painting in Blue. Painting in Blue is a creative process established in 2017, and we specialize in handmade custom leather goods. We coined the term luxury minimalism because we believe even in your everyday life, no matter how much running around you have to do, you can still stand out and be fly. We create everything from luxury handbags to wallets and some of the best leathers you can find that you would love to carry on a day-to-day basis. So if you believe in looking fly while you handle your business while pushing fashion forward, make sure you guys go to paintedinblue.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at underscore painted in blue on Instagram and on Facebook at painted in blue. This is Devonte, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloids. Turnbuckle Tabloid. Cutting a promo. This week's cutting a promo. I am dedicating to possibly my first and only. Well, not true because I've had a few that came after him, but my first man crush. Yes, I meant one with my manhood to say I'm not a homosexual, not gay, but there is a man that I've had a man crush on for some time. It's more along the line that you look at the motherfucker and said, shit, if I was to look like somebody, it would be that motherfucker. It would be him. Randall Keith Orton. Oh, yes. This week, we, oh, this past, uh, this past week, well, technically it's a week ago, but, uh, this past week they celebrated his 20 years in WWE with a, um, tumultuous uh, opening segment on Raw tends to the the cynicism in my voice but um, 
there's always been a a spectrum of love hate with Randy Orton when it comes to the fan base. Many love and appreciate his prowess, his wrestling ring work, and uh, his ability to be menacing, but also be endured and admired at the same time. And then there's those who find him boring, bland, and just a um, step-by-step, move-by-move wrestler who's predictable. Randall Keith Orton is the son of Elaine and, of course, his father, Cowboy Bob Orton. The man has come into his own after living in the shadow of his family, his uncle being uh, uh, Barry O, Barry O, the, the the wrestler Barry Orton, and uh, his he's um he's come from a, from a beginnings where although he wasn't really in love with wrestling and felt as though that he could breeze his way through to become if not if not one of one of the top wrestlers of the past 20 years the new millennium as you may you you may say orton was part of the class that came in it was shelton benjamin it was batista it was um uh, brock lesnar and john cena it was that class that came in all at once in ovw and of course although brock had Brock and, and Shelton had the academic and the collegiate look. Uh, Batista and John was the muscle heads. Orton came in with the legacy and a lot of his comrades, his, his, his partners in the ring, took the belief that that would probably get him over easily. And early on, Orton has admitted that he pretty much took wrestling as blase. He wasn't really into it early on. And it wasn't through a lot of encouraging from others who told him you could be it kid because he came in, he was, he came in, uh, um, athletic, had a look and an appeal, but still he had some disciplinary issues that he just couldn't, um, kick out of it. You could say it's due to uh, immaturity, due to uh, uh, his, his disconnect from home, probably fatherhood and such. But through it all, there were many in the business who believed that he had something. This would this would uh, basically show itself once they started slow rolling out the five-man machine that was the OVW five. Of course, Cena became the breakout of them all. He became the, um, probably the, the face of the company that we may never see again. Um, although Roman might put him in that spectrum, but Cena is the, is the guy who basically took the mantle from Hogan and ran with it to other planes. You know, we had the stone Cold, we had the rock, but Cena was the guy who took it all. But, Randy, Randy wasn't too far away. No, um, there was a lot to be said for Randy. There, there was, like, like I mentioned, he's a, he was a young guy coming in, uh, broke into the business and 
you know, had some hiccups early on. He, eh, he really wasn't, uh, like I said, taking his training real seriously. So finally, he got the call up, became part of the, the stable evolution, where he, alongside with Triple H, um, Batista, Ric Flair, the four of them were able to start carving out their own, I guess, pseudo four horsemen kind of stable. With that, he broke in and started uh, kicking ass and taking names early. To me, when I first saw him, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I looked at him and I said, okay, I don't, I don't know the five guys. Cause you looked at Brock. He said, Brock is a fucking monster. Shelton was fucking athletic and talented. Batista was a eh, run of the mill body guy. Like, um, like uh, all the wrestlers that Vince had loved prior. Cena, same thing, but Cena had more of a charisma to him. And Randy, when he first came in, Randy had that look of a smug, young. He almost looked like he was the the pampered, uh, rich boy, kind of look, but yet was just devious. But yet, I always thought the kid had something. wasn't quite the same level as Cena, but I always thought the kid had something. You see him in, when when you paired him up with um, with Triple H and such that he um he was learning the ropes. Got with Rick, especially uh, after Rick had his own demons to deal with. After he left, uh, well, not left, but uh, after WCW closed his doors, it's like they all found each other and they all needed each other's support to get through. Randy was the young cub that needed that nurturing and it didn't come easy for him at that time. Once again, he was still struggling with his own demons. He became a father very young and, you know, he still really wasn't there yet. Like he still was trying to find himself. He began using, um, a top rope maneuver. He was, he, he would come off the, the top, as a finisher, if I'm gonna think, I believe it was like a um, one of the splashes and such. Until someone encouraged him, dude, you're gonna you're gonna shorten your career if you keep doing that shit. And um, I believe it was Johnny Ace and DDP who said maybe you should start working on using a cutter. A cutter will look good for you. And this is where the RKO came in. But not before he still was dealing with his troubles. He had uh, gotten, you know, gotten injured for some time and um, came back after the, the shoulder injury, um, after his vignettes. They didn't keep him off of TV for too long. Uh, they, they had him right there cutting. They had him still in there cutting promos and such. But, you know, they wanted to keep him relevant. They wanted to keep his face out there. It wasn't until he had the match with Foley, which basically skyrocketed him off the map. And this was a match in which Mick basically cemented not only his feelings for Orton, but also 
his belief that Randy can be a superstar. And sure enough, that match uh, uh, showcased what it was for him to uh, take it to the next level. This is around the same time where Randy began doing the Linja killer um, angle, which once again, fit perfectly for a guy like him. Uh, had the uh, you know was able to win the world heavyweight title at the time. I believe for that moment, for that period in time, he was probably one of the youngest that ever won it. And uh, yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. What was it? I thought Brock was nobody, else, but yeah, it was Randy at twenty four. He won it. Um, got into feuds with with with, with Undertaker and the likes, and then. Finally, we seen him pair up with uh, Edge. Became rated RK Bro. Well, RKO. Sorry, RK Bro came later. Rated RKO, which was a really good tag team. It's a very underrated tag team. I, I thought that those two had great chemistry and they worked well together. I always felt as though that um, they should have had a longer run, but um, you can't keep two individuals like Edge and uh. Randy too close for too long because after a while they'll just uh start burying each other. Then we get a point in time where uh Randy gets out, gets injured, was in a motorcycle accident, and um went away for maybe about a I believe it was like a year, a little over a year. And he comes back. And when he came back, this is why this is when the man crush <laughs> um, appeal happened for me. I remember when he 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 appeared, and the first thing I noticed was the sleeves, the tattooed sleeves, because I remember always seeing his tattoos and goofing on them, going wow. Those are some real bad pick and stick They're awful, especially tribals. I know a lot of people have, you know, a connection with certain, you know, tribal tattoos and such. But for me, I never, it was never for me. I, I, I could never get into that. Even when you, you know, you'll see like a, a Goldberg or, or the Samoans ones are cool, but those are different. But any case, I, certain people with tribals, I just go, I, I don't know. Why do you have that? But he came out with the sleeves. How fucking badass it looked when he came out. Then he was leaner. He he looked a little bit more menacing. The hair was cut shorter. He looked demonic. And I remember, I remember I was with um, Sally's mother at the time, and when he came out. They, they were just this look that came across her face and she just gave this ooh kind of look and I just did this I almost did the same shit I went ooh <laughs> he um this is when he looked like he was ready to go when he was ready to become the superstar so after some time he gets a great run. He tears it up and uh, forms legacy with 
Cody Rhodes and Teddy Biasi Jr. They had a uh, a good tear, some great angles, some great um, great um storylines, especially with DX and such, and the um the 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 aesthetic for him was still for some that he can be boring, he can be bland. For me, I never got that from him. I always thought his promos were very slow, very um, methodic. There was always a, a, a draw in his tone, and I thought it was a little. I thought it was more appealing than than most. But still, people were not pleased. They always thought he was a uh, blandy, blandy Orton. <laughs> he got into some heated uh, storylines with Triple H and the Stephanie Angle and such, where we saw him become more of a a, a, a um, vengeful individual. And we we've seen him have a great, just just monstrous matches with individuals. But yet still was not getting that love from the fan base. Still wasn't getting it. After his uh his run against Triple H, they formed an alliance. Randy and um Randy and and the, the much and the locks uh joined sides and became part of the authority which they took on the shield and stuff like that. And I thought that uh, Randy was exceptional during that time. I even, even enjoyed his singles run when he had um, his wars with Seth Rollins. It just, I don't know. To me, Randy could have at that time, or even to this time, Randy could go into the ring and I could honestly say I, I have not, ever seen a horrible match with Randy. Well maybe maybe until we saw the um the fiend angle and maybe that uh, kinda dampered that that reputation a little bit. Eh well maybe the 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 House of Horrors match with Bray Wyatt, maybe that was kinda off yeah, maybe that WrestleMania match with um even still, you know what? Randy still had a great run of matches. Let, let's uh, let's not think about those when you go. But we're always going to think about the WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins in which we saw possibly the greatest RKO ever delivered. I mean, we popped so heavy in my place. It was you would have thought that it was New Year's. My neighbors, my neighbors, basically came. You know, they came upstairs and they asked, "Everything all right?" And they say, "No, we're watching wrestling. It's it's fine." So yeah, he had his uh his association with the Wyatts, and then you know rivalry there. Uh, had his you know later runs, uh, singles with you know winning the United States title and such. The Legend Killer uh, aspect came back again. But uh, you started getting the feeling that maybe Randy's run could be coming to an end soon. We weren't quite sure if he's going to be doing this for long. Like you said, 20 years, man, he's been doing it. Then they pair him up with a long-haired West Coast stoner 
dude. And they named the team RK Bro. Not going to lie. When I first saw this pairing, when I first started hearing of this pairing early on, especially for Riddle, for Riddle, I said, what the fuck is this? I liked Riddle in the indies. I I thought the laid back kind of, you know, stoner, surfer dude kind of guy was cool. And knowing that he, he he's an MMA fighter and he transitioned well into professional wrestling was cool, but I still didn't get him. I, I he still wasn't resonating to me. I, I, I couldn't I, there wasn't a draw there for me. But after some time, seeing a team together, seeing it work, and while everybody's sitting there going, well, Randy's going to have to turn on him soon, right? This is what's going to happen. Apparently not. Apparently not. This team is going strong and uh, winning titles. And I think that this was a, a time in which it rejuvenated Randy's love for the business and the love of... Um, the locker room. Like I said, early on, he didn't have the greatest reputation, but now he's known pretty much as the elder statesman. He's, he's the man of the, um, the man of the hour there. And he's well-respected by not only peers within his own company, but outside as well. Although Randy can be brash, we've 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 heard and seen his comments about wrestling these days, and it kind of sounds like the the old codger who has made his way to tell the young whippersnappers that they don't know what they're doing these days. But in many instances, he has a point. Randy Randy has matured; he has transitioned, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Especially seeing the, the the relationship he has with his wife, shit. Fucking wish a woman would look at me the way she looks at him, and vice versa. That man, I that man is in love. I say that to every time I see them them together. I said that motherfucker is in love. Shit. Find me somebody that's like that. Fuck. Damn. Be in love too. Shit. Love me like that. But. Like I said, Randy has, um, you know, always kind of missed everyone's top five greatest of all time in WWF. Maybe some people's even top 10 greatest of all time. But to me, for the modern era, for the millennium, there's no one has been more consistent, has been able to manifest a new gimmick, a new, a new style, a new work each time he can, each time he will. And make it work. Even like I said with the shit with the fiend. Still made it work. Not to everybody's liking. But. To what he can. He actually would take. Um, syrup pour it onto shit. And make it pancakes. So. 20 years in a business. Not many people could say that. And. Uh. Still look good, still going strong, and still look like they have a lot more going in the tank. So, to my man crush, Randy Orton, congratulations.
and much more coming to you. When we come back, we'll be having a uh, review of WrestleMania Backlash, in which Randy was a part of, shockingly. And you guys might be surprised about my thoughts about this uh, premium per view, is what they're calling it these days. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. We'll return. Check you guys in a second. This is the COO of WWE Triple H. And when I'm in the gorilla position, uh, I usually get an itchy ass in my DX section. And I need uh, a form of relief. Other products out there uh, wasn't helping to deal with my uh, situation. So what I did was come across a company that would help to uh, relieve my itchy and flaring issue. Preparation Triple H. The product that's necessary to cure all the game needs. Your functions will flow fluently without irritation do you have itchy irritable or discomfort in your dx area preparation h is not the job you need to kill the game you will need preparation triple h Take a listen to one happy consumer who has dissolved his pain. I am so happy that WWE released a medical treatment for individuals who have problems sitting during long periods of time. Preparation Triple H has helped me to soothe all the aches and pains that have been coming from my lower bum region. If you understand what I'm saying. At times I go to many indie promotions and they can take a long period of time before finishing. Intermissions could be a hassle because it's forever to come. For instance, I was at a local indie promotion that had a W somewhere probably in the middle and whatever. But in any case, there was a match in which a 67-year-old man was in the ring with Rob Van Dam. That match alone took 79 minutes. It was heart-pounding and ass-pounding, if you know what I mean. But in any case, once I got home, I put Preparation Triple H on. Oh, the pain subsided. It helped every aches and pain that was aching me for that night. Thank you, WWE, and thank you, Preparation Triple H. Preparation Triple H helps to heal and seal all those that hurt and disturb your bottom region, be it hemorrhoids, be it flare-ups, be it boils, be it itchy ass in which you didn't wipe yourself properly. Preparation Triple H is here for you. Co-signed by Vince McMahon himself. It's great. 
Operation Triple H. Order it at WWEShop.com. This product is brought to you by Turbuckle Tabloid. This is the good old jar, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. This past weekend was the premium purview on Peacock, WrestleMania's Backlash. And um, I've, you know, I'm going to be honest, I even forgot that shit was on. So for I, it was a work weekend, and I, I thought it was maybe I thought it was another weekend. I don't know. I, I, I just totally forgot. And funny, a lot of other people did, too, because they were messaging me going, oh, shit, I didn't know that it was backlash this weekend. I know. I know. So even though we forgot what it was, I must tell you, I ended up I ended up watching it and wasn't a bad pay-per-view. Well, premium purview. Sorry. Wasn't a bad one. Oh, shit. My, my job is paging me. What the hell? How professional am I? Need to learn how to turn this shit off. By the way, who, what unit would that be? Okay, that's not mine. Any case, it turn turn the fuck off. Yes, I I'm my my job is so fucking um behind the times that I still have a pager from the nineties and shit, and it's actually the same pager that I used to have back when I was um doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. So, uh, starting off the night was Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. Some have said that this might have been a better match than it was in WrestleMania. And I'm going to tell you, I believe so. I really think so. I think there was more invested in here. And the false finishes made more sense to me here than in WrestleMania. It was a, a, a well well orchestrated match both men looked very strong here and although some may say the you know the, the universal roll up pin didn't work here i thought it did because it protected both wrestlers and it was a um it was a spot on match between the two i really enjoyed this match it was a great open uh opening to the show a curtain jerker that you need for an event like this especially for those who would have forgotten about it so, yes, I, I was a big fan, I, and I, too, believe that this was better than the WrestleMania match. Next, we get Amos versus, with MVP versus Bobby Lashley. Um, Amos needs a lot of work, and I know it's tough because he's such a big man, but Bobby in there looks so good, and going against him... Almost looks like even though that almost is as big as he is, that Bobby could have ran through him easily. Not to say it was a bad match all the way, but you know there, there's certain there's certain aspects in almost game that needs to be fixed or, or or taught to make him seem more as a believable big man they're basically calling him the new age Kali and 
I, I, I don't, I don't think I can oppose that. I don't think I could, I could debate that. It's, it's there. I, it, it, it's his, he has the tools there. It could be fixed. The one aspect that I thought worked very well here was the finish. Bobby going headfirst into the ring post and then MVP hitting him with the cane across the face in which almost used the advantage and put on, put him away for the pin. Uh, could have been a better match, but nonetheless was good for what it's worth. We then get Edge versus AJ Styles. And you can't go wrong with, with two of, with these two vets. They both took care of each other. Um, the look of Edge, look, I mean, he looks like the Edge of old. Although others are saying that he looks like an old edge, but uh, I st- I still think that he, for a guy that's nearing his fifties, he looks as though that he didn't miss a beat while he was gone. AJ, of course, uh, to quote his moniker, he is he is phenomenal, and you know you get a guy like that, you would think that he would have such a long history of injuries. He He's done it effortlessly. I felt that this match went well. I thought the interference by Damian Priest kind of maybe took the appeal away. I thought maybe um, what occurred afterwards would have just been better without Damian Priest. But I guess this was the um, the spots where we could, we had to land Finn Balor's um, his, uh, appearance at the show. At the end, after the uh, the interference, we get a submission win by Edge. Person who interfered was masked up, and lo and behold, was Rhea Ripley, which many fans had heard rumors that this was going to happen, in which she would be a part of the Judgment Day faction, and I am a fan of this. This works for me. I have always been telling you guys, if you have a faction... It's always cool to have a woman in that faction. It gives you guys a balance. So uh, Rhea Ripley fits perfectly with uh, Edge and Damian Priest for this um, this trio. I believe one more is coming as well. We then get Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair in a I Quit match. All I heard was bitch, 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 this whole match. Bitch, bitch. Although this match was better than their WrestleMania match, and it is an I quit match, so yeah, we're gonna use weapons and such. Um You know, we get the double kendos by by Rhonda and so being used. They tried to show that you know they could take it to the edge. But eh. We get we get the final. Um, I guess this this will be the swan song for for Charlotte for some time, as a uh, as they say as they, they it looks like they're ex- expecting, uh, because it looks as though she may be getting married to Andrade soon. So it looks like this will be her her, her sabbatical. Ronda gets the win here after Charlotte tells her Happy Mother's Day, and then she's like, "I was waiting for you to say that, bitch," and then locked her into the fucking the wrist lock for the win. Apparently, Charlotte goes out with a uh, broken wrist. 
Next up, we get uh, Madcap Moss versus Happy Corbin. I really, I just went to go take a shit. I, I, I can't even call this match. The only thing I know is when I came back, Madcap won in a roll up. And I seriously, I went to go take a shit. I didn't even pause it. I just went. I said, "Fuck it, I don't, I don't, I don't care about this." There's something about Madcap Moss that's just bothering me. I don't know if it's look. I don't know if it's the gimmick. I don't know. And the Happy Corbin thing, it's it's run its course. It, it I, I, you guys should bring back the Baron. It, 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 it works better for him. No, you could have brought the Baron. You could, well, no, you already got a big man with um, Judgment Day, so no. Get get him a get him a faction. Bring the Baron back and get him a faction. Pair him up with with others. Madcap gets the win here, and finally we get. The Bloodline, Roman and the Usos versus Team RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre. As many of you guys know, I'm not a big fan of these multi-man tag matches. They usually just flounder out for me. Um, it sometimes come all, it comes off very indie, but honestly, I have to say for this match... Was the match of the night for me? Next to AJ and Edge, uh, no, excuse me. Next to um, uh, uh, Cody and and Seth, this was the match of the night for me. And the reason why was because it wasn't your typical WWE match. It it felt more professional wrestling. There was a lot going on in that window of time it started off the way that it should roman kept the pace with his team drew trying to bring him out and you get your spots where you're waiting for randy to get his 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 his, um his licks in you get the 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 usos who are great antagonists of bringing heat then when Roman comes into the ring, it's 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 so it's so pop worthy. And then it just went into full gear. And although I give a lot of shit to AEW for their matches, and and the reason why I do is because it's constant. You see it every fucking week. Whereas in WWE, you don't see this every week. So it's a pleasure when they can do something like this. It kind of reminded me of the, uh, of what was it? Survivor, uh, Survivor Series of 2020, I believe, or 2019. I think it was 2019. Where everything just seemed more of a quicker pace. No, 2018, sorry. It's 2018. And with here, I think that these guys knew how to basically formulate different interactions with each other. Some are equating it to what a PWG match, pro wrestling guerrilla match would be like. Uh, I've seen a couple of PWG matches. I've seen highlights of such, and I could say, yeah, maybe. And then plus Riddle, who's, you know, um, who's been around that circuit, a couple of times. He knows his way around there. Would be accustomed to that kind of match. 
seem to make it formulate with these guys. The only thing I could say is um, you pretty much just washed out the super kicks. Like, it just means nothing, especially when um, one of the Usos hits Randy with a super kick and then he just returns it with an RKO. Like, which, by the way, I forgot to mention in the um, in the cutting a promo. I know there's a couple of times where someone is kicked out of the RKO because, you know, that's the probably one of the most protected finishes in a business. But I was just recently watching um, Backlash where uh, Randy was facing Triple H in which he used the RKO and Triple H kicked out of it. And this is when uh, Randy ended up having to punt him to finish the match. I just thought I mentioned it because it's uh it's rare that you see somebody kick out at RKO. In any case, um, very fun match. I love the fact that uh, Roman was very much involved in taking his lumps as well. He took his bumps as well. The table spot where um, Roman slams Drew through the announce table looked phenomenal. Looked great. It just, like I said, it's out of the realm of what a WWE match would look like and i and i'm shocked that a lot of people wouldn't rate this high on their um on their scales their star scales or their fucking numeratical scales whatever the fuck it is that you guys do but for me this was a very intense and very fun match in which i could tell and you can see that all participants looked very good in it great match for me all right, that's going to wrap up WrestleMania Backlash review. Uh, what's your thoughts about it? What you guys think of it? And um, hopefully we can see more matches like the Cody and Seth and the um, Usos and uh, RK Bro and such matches uh, later on down the line. I think WWE needs to start changing their style a little bit to start gar- grabbing another another aspect of the audience. If I would show that that those two matches to a uh, hardcore AEW fan, and like, all they're doing is ripping off AEW. And it's like, but did you enjoy it? That's the question. Did you watch it without thinking about they're ripping off AEW? Did you enjoy it? And if I would do it to, uh, and, and uh, if I would show it to individuals who are casual wrestling fans who just missed it, I think they would have enjoyed it. Guys, when we come back, we'll be talking my thoughts of wrestling video games through the years, especially my uh, through the years, especially my uh, experiences with them. Uh, I'm actually doing uh, a top 10 list of my own favorite wrestling games during the year. You could get it on TikTok at Turnbuckle Tabloid. But uh, go, you know, come come take a walk with me in this episode where we'll talk about my favorite wrestling games through the years. So, guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We will return. Check you guys in a sec. Bring the in-ring action home to your tabletop with the number one wrestling card game in the world, Super Show the Game. And live all your wildest wrestling fantasies without ever taking a chair shot. Available on supershowthegame.com. Order today and join a spectacle so grand it can only be called the Super Show.
I've been playing WWE 2K22 for the past couple of weeks now, and I, I'm happy to say that WWE has finally come around and, I guess, understood what the fans want. Now, granted, the, all the heavy weight goes on to the game creators, the, the, the production and such, which would be 2K. But with that being said, someone within WWE has to tell these people after the past couple of years, especially the debacle that happened with WWE 2K20, that this needs to stop. The game had been lackluster. Uh, we had the disaster that happened when WWE 2K18 on, on the Switch, was, which was atrocious. Was I'm still having fucking nightmares over. 2K19 was a success on the PC because of, of the mods that you can do on there. But even so, there was still a history of just games that were just calling it in. As a matter of fact, it, it's almost as though, like, or oh, it could be similar to what the FIFA franchise is to EA or even Madden. If you, if you want to correlate the two. But the 2K22 uh, game has been a rounding success. Uh, although it, it still has its glitches and it still has its crashes here and there. The game still plays very well. It's very entertaining. It's fun. And with its constant updates, patches, patches and uh, DLC content that's coming out. Fans of not only wrestling but video games alike are enjoying the game. I being one. It's funny, I just recently purchased a PS5, and rather than be playing PS5 games, I just went and I just took the the version of from my PS4 and put it on my PS5 and I've been playing it on there. With what I've been doing the past couple of weeks playing the game, it, it it made me think about my history of playing wrestling video games through the years. And not only on console, but also on um, on the arcade and on, on on the arcades in, in the arcades and uh in the coin ups. And uh I remember being a kid and being a wrestling fan early on, but also realizing that they there wasn't many wrestling video games in the arcades uh i remember tag team wrestling was a was a game back in the early to mid 80s and even for its time it wasn't really a good game but you know you played with what you had i remember going to uh, the local arcade my neighborhood was about a block away from my house and uh first wrestling game that I saw that caught my eye was a game called Matt Mania. It was a game that had a really good look and aesthetic for wrestling. It kind of it wasn't the like the I it wasn't like WWF, but it, it had more of like that uh, territorial wrestlers. Uh, they had guys like uh Insane Warrior, uh, Coco Savage was my guy. 
guy. I remember, I remember Coco Savage. We, we used to just um, call anybody in the neighborhood that that looked like he was uh, like he could be insane. We like, That's my man, Coco Savage, right there. We had Golden Hulk, who was the uh, the replication of Hulk Hogan, uh, the karate fighter and shit. It, it was. It was a cool game. I remember spending numerous quarters on that shit. And there was a time when the um, they would be the, the the guys who would come around to to do maintenance on the game or pick up the quarters. And I kind of knew the certain days that they were coming, and I would just hang around and just hover around the game and. Uh, Wait to see once they're done, and you know I give them the look, and they'll give me the look, and they'll just start hitting the button to give about like five dollars worth of credits on there, and I would spend hours on there. I remember the first time I beat that game, it just it, it, it was as though as I won a real fucking <laughs> world championship. Check out Matt Mania on YouTube, though. There's, there's people out there, and there's, af- there's actually emulators out there that you can play it as well. So that was my first real experience with a um, a wrestling game in the arcades. And then later on, you had gotten, of course, when WWE started putting out their arcade games, uh, the one that pretty much everyone would uh, remember would be the... Um, uh, the WWF Superstars. That's the one that had uh, Macho Man. I mean, uh, it had Ultimate Warrior. It had Andre. And although the controls was a bit to get used to early on, and he only played um, tag team matches. Oh my god, it was so fucking fun, man. I remember as as a kid, I um, I wasted fucking dollars, not even quarters. It just became dollars on there because uh, I want to be better than everybody in there and then in my neighborhood. And not to say that everybody was big wrestling fans. I just wanted to be better than anyone. Even before then, there was a game that uh, I remember looking in the back of the, the comic books or. Um, in magazines and such, it was a game called um, Micro League Wrestling. It, would, it was on the Amiga and on Commodore 64. It was a WWF game, and uh, I remember later on learning what the game was about, or how you played it, and it sounded like a fucking a mess to play. But I was so intrigued on at that time of playing it because it was a wrestling game. And then the whole Commodore look and Amiga look, it had the pictures of the wrestlers and such. I um, I wanted to get my hands on it because I remember in school we had Commodore 64s in, in, the, in the school. But I could never get the game or, or find it anywhere. So that's one, uh, that's one game that I... I Never really got the chance of of playing, even to this day. I think it's probably a good thing. Uh, trying to find out a game wasn't really that good. Later on, after the 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 
wrestling challenge and such, uh, we we got on um, on these on the Nintendo. There was two games that I would play constantly on Nintendo for wrestling. Number one was, of course, uh, pro wrestling. That was always the the marquee game that everybody remembers. That was the um, it was the the I'm mean, uh, trying to think of the names that was on there. Uh, oh, Starman, definitely. I'm just yeah, there you go, Starman. Starman was the quintessential guy. Starman is the guy that if you follow um if you follow uh, John Cena on Instagram, that's his um, his avatar. He loves to use the, the Starman avatar. He uses it for everything. I would play on Nintendo. I would play that constantly. Uh, the Amazon was another was another wrestler on there that <laughs> it was um oh man please I, countless countless hours on, on 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 that game. Remember my cousins coming over and I would always think that if I would pick the Amazon it would be easier because once you start biting on 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 the opponent's uh, noggin, it, it, it diminishes the, um, the the energy quicker. Such a, uh, I'm telling you, I remember beating that game numerous times and still would go on it and play it over and over again. The other one that that uh, that stuck out to me was a game called Tecmo Wrestling. These are the same people who made uh, the franchise Tecmo Tecmo Football. Tecmo Super Bowl, Tecmo Bowl, or whatever you guys would call it. They made a wrestling game, and it was fun because not only was it very interactive, they had, um, like, if you ever played the Tecmo Bowl series, the Tecmo Super Bowl series, they had uh, little, little scenes that would fly through the screen when you did a certain move. Also, on the bottom of the screen was commentary. I know it was kind of tough to do your moves and then read the commentary in the bottom, but if you were watching the game while somebody else played, you would uh, be able to see what the commentary was saying, and then it, it, it became like a whole thing. Then it, it, the 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 whole mission was to be the champion of the world, and shit. It was it, it it was probably one of the first times that I saw the progression of of a wrestling game occur. On consoles, then of course after the the the, the NES, after the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis um, was created, and you know they they had their their the Super WrestleMania games. Uh, Genesis had their game. They had um, uh, God, the name escapes me. I, I think it was the, the, the Steel Cage. Um, they had the Royal Rumbles. They had the the Rage in a Cage for Sega's no, not a Sega CD for um, uh, God, it's ridiculous how. Oh, they had the uh, the the Raw Raw was on there as well, but they weren't really that good. They weren't the, the WWF games weren't really that good. What was good and was um, progressing 
around that time was the WCW games. WCW wrestling was actually pretty good for for that time. Um, Fire Pro was doing some really good stuff, fun stuff um, during their time. You would have to have like a, a Super Famicom at the time, but I would always look at the uh, the, the, the magazines and see those games and go, fuck, I wish I could fucking play that game. Although, you know, they were small sprites and stuff, and the graphics weren't as, you know, detailed as what it was on the Super Nintendo Genesis, but they were doing moves, and they were able to get everybody. It was fucking... When I finally got to play Fire Pro games, I, I appreciated wrestling games more and more because I'm like damn I, I would have rather played this for hours on end than played like the pro wrestling or um, the earlier games like tag team WWE had, had cranked out so many well at the time WWF they cranked out so many games it just became like the NER houses the war zone I remember I was so excited to get war zone for um for PlayStation, and I tried to sell it like it was good, but the controls were terrible. The, the audio was just bad. I was like, "Fuck, this game is so awful." I, 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 I still kick myself believing that I ever tried to fucking enjoy this game. But around the same time, there was the N sixty four. And with the N64 was, of course, the beginning of the be-all, end-all of the games. There was uh, the WCW. Um, first, it, first, it, first, it was that uh, WCW versus the World for PlayStation, which is actually was actually a good game. But for um, for N64, there was the WCW NWO Revenge, and. Me and my boy Slow Smack now these days We would play For hours We would get a couple of beers And just sit there and just go off And it was always we would do just one fucking match You know what I mean um, The David versus Goliath match I was the giant And he was Billy Kidman And we would just go For fucking hours playing this game We would just we would be in the middle of the block just chilling or whatever the case may be. He was like, yeah, you want to go see this play Revenge? I'm like, yep, let's go. And that was just a way from us just to pull away from the crowd. It was just out. And although we did like Nitro, Revenge was the fucking game. Then finally, uh, towards the end of the 64 era, that's when we, of course, was blessed with... Uh, WWF uh, WrestleMania 2000 and uh, right after that was No Mercy which is still like the quintessential game of wrestling these days hell AEW's um, Fight Forever is gonna follow that model which is not a bad thing the controls the look the aesthetic of it the game match everything and plus No Mercy the branching storylines fucking made so much sense. I It was like as though you were in 
and running your own wrestling promotion as that character. Well, not running the promotion, but you were the character in a wrestling promotion. And of course, we did have a couple of other games like Virtual Pro Wrestling. I remember Mean Slow would go to uh, a spot in uh, Manhattan where they sold uh, foreign games, and we saw Fire Pro. Uh, Fire Pro was there. Uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling was there. Uh, had a few New Japan games that were out there, and we couldn't get it because not uh, our sisters were modded, and even if they were. Had to fucking learn Japanese or know the know the language, but even so, once you got a PlayStation, this is when you got um, the early days of SmackDown. SmackDown's know your role. Uh, you got a um, Here Comes the Pain, which is another one that's fucking classic to to wrestling fans. I remember being uh, in my mid-twenties, just sitting there, I was on end, and, and, and I mean, I was working two jobs, and on my di- my nights off, I was just sitting there playing fucking uh, uh, um, Here Comes the Pain. Then, of course, you had like the Legends of Wrestling, uh, that really wasn't... Um, <laughs> It was alright. The second one is actually a little bit more better than the first. And I was so excited because I thought the um, the 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 game was going to be that good because you played with the the old school guys but eh, the controls weren't really that good. The only thing that I miss out, I did miss out on was the um, Dreamcast, not, uh, the Dreamcast and the um, the, the, the GameCube versions of games. I'm 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 looking to see if I could go uh, since I've 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 got my collection of fucking consoles. I gotta go get me a Dreamcast. Uh, uh, no, I have a Dreamcast. Uh, a GameCube because I want to play like games like Day of Reckoning, um, the WrestleManias and such. I've never I've never played them, and I've never played the ones on Xbox either. The, the first Xbox. I never played them either. I'm learning later on, like watching guys on wrestling bios that. Yeah, it didn't really. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't really miss much, but still, it was something that I wish I I, I could have gotten into. Later on, once we got the PS2, we got the Xbox, the fucking SmackDown versus Raws were. I mean, come on. Another thing. I mean, once 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 I was able to get the GM modes on fucking uh, on the SmackDown games, shit. Captivated me, got me. Then you could do the creative wrestlers. I would go on on websites just so I could see how you punch in the formulas to make certain wrestlers from other promotions. I would always um, create like TNA wrestlers or Ring of Honor wrestlers and in detail. It would take me hours sometimes. Um, shit, this was the early days before. I mean, when when. Um, like Sally was in the womb and uh, even when she was born I would sit there with her in my arms and I'm punching in coordinates on how to make Christian or some shit like that I remember countless hours me doing that then I would be able to rip because with the Xbox you were able to rip the music from a CD and then you can use it as their entrance music 
but oh, God, I miss those fucking days. I, I, mind you, I was, I was in my fucking twenties, almost in my. I was no, I, man, I was in my thirties already, and I was getting enjoyment. It could have been worse. I could have been out there doing bullshit, right? But I'm sitting at home playing fucking these wrestling games. Then when I found a, I I, I found a way to um, implement emulators on my phone. I could play Fire Pro games. Oh, I went and bought the big um, emulator consoles that you could get on um, on Amazon and shit, and you could get um, games like Fire Pro and shit. I would I I spent hours figuring out how to download these games and then put it on uh, on on my phone. And I finally got it up and running. I, I would wherever I was at, that was what I was playing. In case you guys don't know, I'm pretty much a uh, wrestling fan. I think, I, I think you get that now, being you know, a listener to the show. That's dedicated to wrestling. But, you know, you get those you get those moments to where, like, shit, man. Countless and countless hours just, just creating your own wrestlers, creating your own rivalries, creating your... Um, your way during a showcase. Wrestling games really took up a lot of time in my life. I played a lot of sports games, played a lot of adventure games, a lot of Zelda, a lot of Metroids, a lot of um, a lot of Tomb Raiders and, uh, and such. But you know, wrestling wrestling games was always that game that in the middle of the night when I used to smoke weed. I would light it up, pop in the game, and spend hours on in trying to motherfucking uh, get Goldberg to work on a fucking WWF Raw game. Shit, that game was fucking bad. My God, I was terrible. So what wrestling games did you guys play if you did play wrestling games? Or what were you into? I could always say that I could I, like uh, I could always go back to uh, the Fire Pro games were always good for me. Uh, big uh, early on, like I mentioned, um, No Mercy, WCW, NWO Revenge, uh, the, the the early day the early days of SmackDown versus Raw. Always fun games. What 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 games did you guys play? Were you able to play the the Japanese versions? Were you guys able to play the um, the the Hell, the Game Boy, the handhelds. I know some 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 of you guys are actually able to play that as well. So, eh, bring it up on the uh, on the Facebook uh, Facebook page, and we'll see what you guys played over there. So, all right, guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. Take you guys in a sec.
Turnbuckle tabloid.